Our scripture today is from Psalm 104. May we open our hearts and hear the word of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, fire and flame your ministers. You set the earth on its foundations so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle, the plants for people to use to bring forth food from the earth, and wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that God planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has its home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the conies. You have made the moon to mark the seasons, the sun knows its time for setting. You make darkness and it is night when all the animals of the forest come creeping out. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and the Leviathan that you form to sport it in. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you make take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. The Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh said, talking about walking on the water, he says, the miracle is not walking on water. The miracle is walking on the earth. How many of you have ever felt that miracle when you walked on the ground? I'm wondering how many of you found your way into church because you had an experience of God somewhere outside, and then you felt like you needed to go someplace to celebrate it correctly. Anybody feel that way? Yeah. The word sacred um, generally means holy, and it means set apart, 
And sacerdotal, uh, those of you who were raised uh, in the Catholic Church, how many of you are Catholics? Yeah. Sacerdotal is like priests, so the priestly, they're set apart. The priests are set apart. And sacred is supposed to be someplace set apart and separate. How many of you learned that when you were, that they were sacred and what's the other word? Profane. Profane. And most of the world is what? Profane. Profane. And how's that working out for us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, have you ever walked, you just walk around, walk down someplace, <clears throat> you're, you're outside and you see a sunset or you're in a forest, you're by a stream and all of a sudden you realize you feel like Moses when he hears that voice and he says, take your, God says, take your shoes off, take your shoes off for the ground that you're standing on is holy. Now, was it holy because God spoke from that place? Maybe. No. Yes. No. Yes. I mean, both answers are actually correct because where, where can you go to hide from God's presence? <clears throat> okay, I did this for most of my life. I knew I was called to the ministry in eighth grade. I decided, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach. I'm not going to be a minister. I said, okay, um, I'm going to run for my call. That's why I've got lots of Jonah in the whale in my office. Jonah's told to go east by land. He goes west by sea. That's Jonah. That's me. Okay. First of all, God's got more time than you do, just so in case you're like, I'm going to wear God out. God's going to get tired of chasing my sorry behind and give up. All right, first of all, from somebody who's tried it, it doesn't work that well. And then, where can you go to hide from God's presence? Nowhere. Nowhere. God is wherever you go. Um, I love that psalm. I think it's Psalm 136, but if I'm wrong, pretend it is. And, um, you know, where can I go from your presence? If I go to the ends of the earth, you are there. If I go to the depth of Sheol, which we would probably get modern language, hell, you are there. If I go to the land of the dead, you're there. I walk in the living, you're there. If I go to the, take the furthest winds, you're there. You're there. You hem me in. Before and behind, above me and below, you hem me in. God is everywhere. When you walk on the earth, every step you take on this earth, God already meets us there. Every single step, every breath, you take, you breathe in the Spirit of God. The very air that we breathe, Jesus breathed. Isn't that kind of cool? Fear scientists, Galileo also breathed it, Copernicus, Ptolemy, he kind of got the thing wrong. Every breath we take, we breathe in the Spirit of the living God. And this tradition of ours understands it, but it is such a small part of what we do that I like to bring in the native traditions because they just swim in that sea. The aboriginal tribes of Australia, the Native American traditions, they understand 
After the sermon, they're going to do a song, and, and one of the words is metakuyasin, which means all my relations. The animals are not just animals. They're the native, they're the animal nations. They're peoples. The spirits are in the rocks. The spirits are in the water. That's part, I love that part of the tradition because it reminds me of Psalm 104. God is there everywhere. Share a story when you found God outside. Somebody, share a story. Somebody. Where, where have you found? There were some hands that went up. Yeah. Catechism? All right, so you went outside. I took, a kid, I took our class when I was uh, um, at my last church at Fox Island, and we did a confirmation retreat, and it was beautiful camp. It was just beautiful camp, much like Pilgrim Pines. This was called Pilgrim Firs, because we have fir trees up north and you have pine trees down here. And every activity we did was inside. <laughs> Everything was inside. I said, are you people crazy? I said, I'm going to take my group after lunch. They were going to go through, check this out. They were going to go through every book of the Bible one by one. That's 66 books, folks. If they were Catholic, it would be more. But 66 books for us Protestants, one at a time. They were going to do three hours on the books of the Bible. I said, oh, I'm really sorry, but I had promised my kids that we were going to go do something spiritual important as a group. So we went outside and threw rocks. I said, okay, here's the deal. You give me half an hour, I'm going to cruise through these books in half an hour. If you pay attention for 30 minutes, we can spend the next two and a half throwing rocks across the lake. And they listened for half an hour. I mean, they got more, I guarantee you, in half an hour so that they could go outside and throw rocks. I was in seminary, and I went through seminary, and I started doing my doctoral work. And we had a guy, um, um, Albert Whitehat, and uh, John around him came out. Uh, these were from Pine Ridge and, um, and Rosebud, respectively, in, in South Dakota. And they came out to um, do a sweat and do some stuff with us. And I, I got hooked. It was like, this is really cool. So they invited me out to the Lakota Sundance that John around here was throwing. Albert Whitehat was the language coach for Dances with Wolves. So he was, the, he was Kevin Costner's language, Lakota language coach. Anyway, so I went out there for the Sundance, and it was when I was at the Sundance, and we were just out, you know, in the middle of just God's wilderness, the best sanctuary, the first sanctuary, I realized I had to go back and finish up my ordination. I got my call to the ministry when I was in eighth grade at Boy Scout camp, and I was at a Lakota Sundance when I realized I got to go back. I was outdoors, and it was pretty miserable because summer, I mean, why do they have a Sundance in June in South Dakota? Come on, what are they thinking? Like, May would be really nice. But it was hot, and it was amazing, and I got to tend the fire at night, it was a real honor for me. They let me take this, the, the sacred fire. What they do is they keep the rocks hot at night. And the first thing that the dancers do, the dancers dance, and the, they, they take an anipi, uh, a sweat lodge in the morning, and those rocks have to be really hot. So somebody has to tend the fire at night. So you spend all night watching the fire and keeping the fire hot over the rocks. And one night, 
first of all, the stars are amazing. And to be able to watch the stars for eight hours is incredible when you're in South Dakota and there's nothing else out there. It's just incredible. And one night there was um, sheet lightning and it was probably about five miles away, but on a plane it's nothing. And it was slowly came from the north and it's worked its way south. It took about three hours to pass. And I just watched that. And if I had been in my tent, because you really couldn't hear it, it was too far away, you really couldn't hear it, and you really wouldn't see it that well, I'd have slept through the whole thing. It's like if God wasn't in that lightning, I don't know where God was. The earth is our mother. Earth God, sky father, earth mother, sky father is just traditional language. Except for the Egyptians, they did it the reverse. The, the father was the earth and then the mother was the sky. I thought that's, that was interesting. But for most of us, the earth is our mother. The earth is sacred. We are sacred beings that come from the earth. And we don't think we're sacred, and so we don't treat ourselves as sacred. We think we're, ugh, ugh. And so we treat ourselves badly. We fill ourselves full of junk. We don't give ourselves the sleep we need. I mean, think of it. In the south of us, they take a siesta every day. And we think we're smarter than they are. They get a nap every day. But we think we're smart. In India, too. How dumb can we be? If you can get a nap every day and you don't take it, you think you're smart? I don't take a nap hardly ever. I pride myself on not having to need a nap until I get one, and then it's like, three hours later, you wake up and like, what happened? We are creatures of the earth. Our bodies get tired. They need rest. Our bodies need water. We need to drink. Our bodies need food. We need sustenance. We are sacred. And God has made us that way. Created in the image after the likeness of God, what more do you need? Sit in your bones this day. Be content to be a creature of clay that God scooped up and made in the mud and breathed in the nostrils. You know, that's in our story. Genesis 2, what, something. God makes a ball of mud, creates it, fashions it, breathes in the nostrils to give it life. This is a God that gets up and personal with us. You think Santa Claus is bad. And that's actually really good news. Because there's nothing we do that God doesn't know about, and there's nothing we do that make God not love us. And once you know those two things, you're good. God loves us anyway. How cool is that? Be creatures of the earth this day. And know it is enough. For we are beautifully and wonderfully made as creatures of God. Amen.